0: quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible they keep this show free to listen to i came to parenting with everything i learned in childhood yelling punishing controlling and shaming after trying almost every method i found connective parenting and was totally shocked when empathy listening doing away with rewards and consequences and being a safe place actually worked It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to talk about being the connected or secure or safe parent in your family. May not always look the way we think it should look or expect it to look, or the way that we view parenting, maybe skews our expectations around this idea. I think what we really strive for in parenting, and I think the traditional, conventional way of thinking about parents and parenting and child rearing really says, that you need to have kind, respectful kids that do the right thing all the time. And this has become the ideal, right? We need kind kids who are always following the rules and doing what they're supposed to do and do their homework and do their chores and you know are really kind to us, kind of like the leave it to beaver. Now I'm really dating myself here. Maybe some of you millennials don't even know what leave it to beaver is, but it was the perfect family, right? With the kid who was super kind and nice, and the they always got along, and everything was good. And if something was bad, it was like, oh shucks, darn, that was really disturbing, and everyone would recover. And you know, parents were revered as these people that you needed to respect and and listen to. And sure, that sounds good, and that might feel good in a in a show, and that might be an ideal that we think we want, but that isn't always the case. In fact, it shouldn't be the case. We shouldn't have kids who just always do the right thing and are always respectful and are always falling in line and, um, never bend the rules or break the rules or do the wrong thing because then I worry, right? What kind of child is that? If you're constantly just doing what quote unquote, what you're supposed to do, what does that do to your insides? What does that do to your own free will? What does that do to your desire to maybe paint outside the line some? And are you then not learning the lessons that you need to learn because you are so compliant in life? And I think even in connective parenting, we believe that we're doing this work because we want a good connection and relationship with our kid. But also we do want that quote unquote good behavior. We're really looking for that good behavior. And I think, you know, we definitely... We want our kids to cooperate with us. Yes, absolutely. But is that the ultimate goal? And I think if we can, two things. One, if we can move away from that being the goal and say, I want to raise a kid who is has a voice, a child who isn't always doing the right thing, a child who wants to do as I ask them to do most of the time, but I don't expect it all of the time. And then if we can move our expectation to this more normal, regular place, we want to raise a person who does the wrong thing and does the right thing and tries on different behaviors and makes mistakes. And we live in this messy kind of murky place with our child. And if that is our expectation, then the second piece is if we're living in this very secure relationship with our kid we're going to get also a lot of off-track behaviors from them because we are so safe and secure. And because we don't take things personally and because we love our children unconditionally, no matter what they do, we're going to get some moments where we might not really like what our child is displaying to us because we come with our own old programming. We come with this idea that if they are disrespectful or if they say the wrong thing or if they make a big emotional or you know, uh, verbal mistake with us, that somehow they're not a good kid or somehow there's something wrong in our relationship that they would disrespect us. And that somehow we've maybe done something wrong. Maybe we're not parenting. Maybe then we go to this place Well, maybe this connected parenting isn't working or maybe I'm not parenting correctly because my child is disrespectful or does go off the rail some or shows me all of their true colors. The other piece is too, is if you are so secure, you're going to get, I hate to say it, not the worst, but you're going to get these outlying behaviors because your child feels safe to show you those. They are going to call you out when you've done the wrong thing. You're not supposed to yell at me. That's manipulative. I don't want to do that, mom. They're going to feel comfortable to speak their mind. And that might be hard for us if we're not in the mindset that that's an okay thing and that we believe that thing is wrong, or we believe that that thing says something about our child or says something about us or says something about parenting, or also we have other people around us who are watching these things happen. I know my dad will say, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause I'll be like, Oh my gosh, they're driving me crazy. Dad! like, she's making me insane. Like she said this, she said that they did this, they did that. And he'll say, well, I don't know what you're talking about, Michelle. They're perfect angels with me. And you know, he stopped saying that (laughs) about mm, maybe four four years ago when Esme got real comfortable with him and she, she started like saying the same kind of stuff she was saying to me. And then he said, I don't understand. What did I do wrong? And I said, you're doing everything right, dad. You're safe. She doesn't believe that your bond is breakable. That is unconditional love at its very best. She doesn't feel as if you will ever stop loving her or that you will judge her or that you will walk away or that you're giving the silent treatment or that you will otherwise shun her even when she does the very worst thing. Now, people will say, well, if you're so connected, why is she doing the worst thing? Well, she's doing the worst thing because she's immature and she's inexperienced and she needs to try on some bad behaviors here and there so she can learn and grow or she's overwhelmed by her whole life or all of these things. So you might be hearing from other people, well, they're not like that with me and they don't behave like that with me, or you must be something doing, doing something wrong. You know, sometimes we have spouses and one spouse will be more connected than the other. And, you know, the, the other spouse will say, well, I'm, you know, I use threats works for me. I don't have the kids acting like that, but is that working right? What kind of relationship does the person who's using threats have with the child? Do they have this this super bonded, secure relationship where the child feels as if they can be themselves? And is that what we're looking for? I know that's what I'm looking for, but I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, it is not always easy being the punching bag, like I've said in previous episodes, being the you know, emotional support animal for your child being the practice ground. You know, you feel like you're at the shooting range and your child is just taking shots at you, trying to hit that target, and they just don't know how, and they'll just keep practicing with you because you're that person. So ideally, we lean into not taking it personally because it isn't about us, right? But likely, our parents took it personally. So it's hard for us to get out of that mindset and that frame and that thought process. We're going to take a break from our show to hear from our sponsors. Without their sponsorship, I wouldn't be able to bring you this incredible show free of charge. So I'll see you back in a few minutes. ADHD affects so many of our families and finding the right care can be a challenge. With Done, you can get the care you need 24-7. At donefirst.com, you have an expert team who can help you get personalized treatment for you and your sweet kids. ADHD doesn't have to jeopardize the connection you share with your family. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, one-click refills, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Visit Get. donefirst.com forward slash podcast to learn more done turn ADHD into your strength this episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk their formula includes the most abundant protein alpha-lac found in breast milk as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. BiHart is an easy to digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Biheart is the only US-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about BuyHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Now back to the show. So if you have a child who's calling you out, you can't do that. I don't like what you're saying. Don't talk to me that way. You said no more punishments. I know. Um, I, I threatened Pia the other day. I was like, if you don't get that room clean, you're not going to your friend's house tonight. And she's like, Oh, oh, oh. did you just threaten me? I'm telling I am telling. And I haven't used a threat like that. in I don't know, maybe 10 years. I, I don't even know how long, I don't know where it came from, I don't know where it, where it had been stored up, but it was inside of me and it just came out and I didn't really mean it, but I wanted to say it. And she was like, I'm telling, I'm like, who are you telling? She's like, I'm going to go on your Instagram and tell people. And I was like, well, shoot, I better tell on myself first. So I did a whole post on it and I told on myself first, but I said, okay, fine. You can go to your friends no matter what, but what do you think about that room? She was like, I'll clean it when I'm ready. And I was like, ah, but she's right. That's the rule in our house. Like you, you clean your room when you're ready. That's it. And it was getting to me and I let it get the best of me. And I had been, you know, when my life's out of control, I try to control things. My life was out of control. So I'm trying to control her and her environment so that I can feel better about my environment. And again, it wasn't about her, but she felt secure enough in telling me, I'm going to, I'm gonna tell on you. And you just threatened me, lady. I'm not letting it happen. And good for her. And thank God she did. Because what if I would have said the threat, which was not right, and that threat would have stuck, and she would have felt like, I need to clean my room before I can go to my friend's house. And she was in there resenting me cleaning their room and thinking, she threatened me. I don't want her to threaten me. She said she doesn't do threats. But if she didn't feel comfortable enough to tell me, maybe she, because she has that more agreeable personality, more of a people pleaser. Would she have gone in a room and done it and then be mad at me and then hold a grudge and then maybe say, no, the next time I ask her to do something, or would it start to eat at the relationship we shared? And sure, if it happens once, not a big deal, but if it happens two, three, four times a day, times 30 days in a month, that's 120 times of little corrosive things happening to your child. So some people will say, well, I use connection, but I also use, you know, consequences, And I don't see why I can't do both. And that's why. Because the consequences, little by little by little, eat away at the connection. And if you have those things happening on the daily or weekly basis, you don't have this whole ideology won't come to full fruition because there's places where you're being held back and there's places where you're not safe. And so then will you not get the child who calls you out like Pia called me out? Maybe you won't. And maybe your relationship won't get to the level it needs to get to. We wanted to get to these levels too, because that's how kids get to internal remorse and shame and forgiveness and apology and amends. When they can feel that secure in a relationship, they'll get to those things a lot easier and they'll come to apology a lot more readily because they feel very secure in the relationship. So they want to apologize and make amends. They want to make things better when things go wrong. Because they feel so secure to you, it works in the other way too. So you might get a child too who gives you all their emotional wreckage. You know, you're the punching bag, right? Like I said before, you're the, you're the emotional support animal. They're going to come to you and <laughs> lay it all out and tell you all the things and maybe not in the nicest of ways, but that doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It actually means you're doing everything right. So if a child is in a tantrum and they can say i hate you it's all your fault even though it's not think to yourself ding 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 i won the jackpot can feel safe enough to tell me that they're telling me the most icky things inside of them something kids will say too in in hard moments like i hate myself or i'm a bad kid and parents really freak out about that like oh my gosh this is my child you know is saying they're a bad kid they're sometimes kids will hit their head against the wall or sometimes kids will scratch themselves or all kinds of things in hard moments. And we think, oh my gosh, there's something deeply wrong. But in actuality, they're expressing their emotions and they're not scared to show you the ickiest parts of them. They aren't scared that you will be scared. They aren't scared that you can't accept it and take it. And that is a security that, imagine if you had that security as a kid. Imagine if you felt so grounded in the relationship that you shared with your parents that you could show them everything and you would never be scared that they wouldn't like you or wouldn't accept it or couldn't handle it or would throw it back in your face or take it personally or all the things that we know we don't want to do. What if you had that as a kid? How would it feel? I know it would feel incredible if I had that as a kid and we might not be able to give ourselves that as children. You can give your child that. And so, and in some ways, I think for me, it heals some of my old wounds as a kid to be that person for my child heals a tiny bit of what I didn't receive in my own childhood. It does kind of start to mend those unmet needs for me when I can give it to my kid because sometimes, somehow I don't know. Maybe this is just for me, but somehow I feel like I am also giving it to the little Michelle that she's also receiving that unconditional love. All right, lovely people. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting podcast. I'll see you all next time.